It's Thursday, February 23rd, 2023, and this is the Talk Film Society podcast. I am your host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society, here with another episode of our award season series. And here with me, as always, for this series is Marcus Irving. Hello, Marcus. Oh, Marcelo, happy, happy. I'm happy, so happy to be here. Because it's it's another week. It's another week, and that means it's another week to talk awards. (laughs) Another, yet another week in the the many weeks that have been of this award season. Now, Marcus, be honest with me. Is this not dragging so much that you can't believe we have another, like, three weeks to go until the Oscars' biggest night? No, you know what? No, I, I, I think... I think we had one or two weeks there, perhaps our last two weeks. Yes. But who's to say? Where maybe we were stretched a little thin on what to talk yeah. about. But I think we're going to be coming in for a nice close here. Yeah, we're, we're coming in hot plenty. for the final three episodes of this series or four. I forget. Three or four. I, yeah. Oh, hold on. It's, 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 I, I know I sent it to you over DM the other night. Uh, I was like, okay, so me this, one. but I, already, I forgot already. Off the top of my head, I think next episode. I think this is four. This is four. Okay, so next episode, uh, we'll talk our our picks for best picture. We'll talk about all the best pictures all overall. Week after that, that's the talk Film Society Awards uh, uh, presentation where we hand out what our picks are for the best films and whatever's of the year. And then the next week after that, that's the Oscar wrap-up. So that's it. The Oscars. The, the Oscars, Oscars' biggest night to shine. The Oscars' biggest night to shine is March 12th, Sunday. <laughs> I believe that's right. Uh, but yeah, oh, talk Film Society Awards. Let me get that out of the way. Yeah, before, do before, that up quick. Before we start you know, goofing sometimes up. We, sometimes we're late about this. Sometimes yeah, yeah. We, we get to this late. Do it fast. I got, here we go. The Talk Film Society Awards, the 10th annual a ceremony is going to happen uh, 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 in two weeks. The voting is still open. Uh, go to talkfilmsociety.com slash TFS Awards to look at those nominees for what we picked uh, for best film, best actor, actress, uh, over 19 categories. Uh, vote for the winners. And yeah, do that there. How much more can I say? It, it's, it's our version of the Oscars. Okay. And we've done it like 10 times now. Which is insane. Um, but Crazy. yeah, again, one more time. The link is talkfilmsociety.com slash TFS awards. Look at the nominees and vote. That's it. Okay. A lot's happened uh, uh, in the last week for me, uh, at least. Um, Marcus, you've had a, a an amazing week, too. I, I've heard. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, but I'm, I'm going to keep that close to the vest. Yeah, though, exactly. And I think, uh, sir, I'm in the background right now. I'm watching this uh, women's soccer game. At HBO. <laughs> and it uh, oh. looks like a player just got uh, injured. Okay. And uh, sorry, I got focused in on that. <laughs> it's the U S versus uh, Japan. Uh, the, she believes cup. Is this live? Is this going out? This live? is live. Yes. Oh, wow. It's going okay. out live. We're currently zero zero thirty 30 minutes into the game. I don't, I don't know how soccer works with timing. Speaking of competitions, the Oscars. You know, <laughs> yes. uh, Marcus, how, uh, you know, and, and hey, we haven't talked about this, so I want to get your perspective on it. The, the greatest of bowls 
the Super Bowl happened oh, last weekend. Marcus, oh my gosh, last yes. I, I mean, it happens on a Sunday ha- every happens year. Happens on a Sunday. Happens every year. We cheer for our favorite uh, to win every year. Wait a second. Are you yes. talking about the Oscars or the Super Bowl? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Marcus, the Super Bowl. You have the next five minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Super Bowl this year. Ah, geez. Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. You can't say that. Um, uh, I saw that the Chiefs won. And uh, good on them. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he... Uh, yeah, uh, he. Uh, I I've been watching WWE lately, and he took a photo with the with the cup that you win the Super Bowl uh, cup. for winning the the Super Bowl cup. Uh, he took a photo with the the, the famous Super Bowl cup <laughs> and uh, a WWE championship belt. There's and uh, they've been showing that all over WWE TV because <laughs> they're so happy about it. <laughs> There's it has a name. The, the the Super Bowl trophy. Yeah. I but the but Lombardi? The I think Lombardi. It's Lombardi, but Is my, that right? my I wanted to say not as a joke, but as a real thing, the 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 Paul Walter Hauser Cup. And I was like, nope, that's not right. <laughs> well the Paul Walter Hauser uh, that ties into the other wrestling show. Oh, that's uh, right. AEW. What happened over they there? Stole, well, they stole Paul Walter Hauser's Golden Globe that that's he won for right. uh, Blackbird. Yes. And they've still they still they still have the the Golden Globe, and it has been being used in matches and such. To, the same, the same Golden Globe, Paul Terhauser thanked God for Christ mm-hmm. Almighty. I think that's mm-hmm. what he said on stage. You know, not that he's a bad person or anything, but I can't even remember the last shitty thing he did. Did didn't he do something shitty and left Twitter? It it was just some weird Twitter argument he got into. I don't know. I wouldn't pick it apart too much. I don't remember. I don't remember but, it either. It must not be that big. But hey, Paul Waterhauser, come on the show. Yeah, we we want you on this show now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we want Paul Waterhauser on every show that we do. On our wrestling show, like three years ago, on our Oscar show, on our Southland Tales show. I forget how we can get Paul Waterhauser. On Southland Tales, maybe he's just a fan. Maybe he loves Richard Kelly. We don't know. We can we can get him on the show and ask him. So Paul Walter Hauser, we know you're listening. Come on the show. Speaking of awards, I okay. My trip to New York. Okay, I I did I did a few things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you won an award. I won an award. New York best trip to New York. Best trip to New York award. (laughs) Hey, I I might have I might have won it this week. In all seriousness, because I had such a fun yeah. time. Uh, okay, last episode. Every, everything I've seen, I'm so excited to talk to you about this. We have not talked about this personally yet. No. I made sure not to do it. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to wait until we were on mic. You made sure not to have a personal conversation off mic, Marcus. Yes. Okay. We got to save. We have to turn it into content. We, ha- we, have to, we have to find some way to entertain others before we... You know, entertain ourselves with each other. It's more. It's more important to put out content than it is to build personal relationships with people. One hundred percent. Marcus, shut up. So, New York City, <laughs> the city that never sleeps. The Big Apple. I mentioned last week I was taking a trip to New, to New York. Um, um, I yeah, and I I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I watched a lot of movies there, unsurprisingly, and a lot of great uh, New York City. Uh, indie movie theaters um 
the the, the Metrograph, the Angelica, the Paris Theater, um, uh, Roxy Cinema. Uh, all of these I went to. Let me say this. I saw a few movies of notes there, namely ones that were and are currently nominated for Oscars, Marcus. I Whoa, just, what? Yeah, so let me just jump into these, okay? I saw two in New York City. Uh, first one I saw at the Angelica, uh, the Oscar-nominated movie for Best International Film, Close. Yeah. Yeah. This is about Glenn Close, right? Uh, no. I mean, you wish. Actually, mm. uh, I kind of wish at the end it, it, it should have been Glenn Close. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip to the end. So Close is a story about uh, two 13-year-old boys who are very close. That's the that's the title of the movie, and then they you know they go to school and they get bullied for being so close with each other, and then drama ensues from there, and it is a movie like about you know toxic masculinity, about they, I don't want to get fully into it, but it does sort of ask questions of um, you know uh, how uh, emotional or how like ever present a kid is at that age, like how much does he understand of himself and of people around him uh, in regards to emotions? Like that's a question it asks. Mm. It's an interesting movie. I say it's worth watching, but in the end it, it does something I just don't like seeing in movies anymore um, when it's handled not as well as it is here. That's as much as I'll say. I don't want to spoil it, but worth watching. Mm. Um, very interesting. The 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 main thirteen year old boy, actually both of them, like do excellent work. Um, uh, I think the lead one is Eden Dambreen. What uh, what country is this from? Okay, see that's the thing. So I was confused because I came out of it thinking, oh, this must be the the French uh, uh, selection for the Oscars. No, they're speaking French in it. But this movie is actually from Belgium. It's it's Belgium's uh, selection for international film um but yeah close Mm. uh it's playing in theaters that's where i saw it if it's playing near you give it a shot but it's um i have to look at that list of of other international films because i've only seen i think eo i've seen close um and i saw one more actually so th- what's this? See, this is me ramping it up now? to the next movie I saw. Hold on, what's this? Yeah, now? I know. So, <laughs> I saw another international uh, film nominee. Whoa, one that you saw like three weeks ago, Marcus. Okay, uh, that narrows it down. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to tease you anymore. It's not Argentina 1985. You haven't seen that. It's not the other one. It's All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh yes, the famous war picture. The fa- the famous war picture. Uh, uh, adapted from the uh, 1929 novel uh, of the same title, All Quiet in the Western Front. And no, I'm I not reading that. this. Yeah, and no, I'm not reading this off Wikipedia. Uh, I mean, I am uh, because I can't remember all this information. Directed by Edward Berger, uh, starring a lot of young Germans and Daniel Bruhl. <laughs> So this movie I saw yeah, in a theater. Yeah, weird, right? When he showed up. Yeah, that was like a, that was a, that was surprising to me when when Daniel Bruhl shows up. He goes, oh, I go, oh, oh my God, it's that guy. What am I watching? The MCU? No. Yeah. Uh, so all quiet. I had to see this in a theater. 
And it just so happened to work out that um, I got to see this at. I, I mean, Marcus, I was in New York. I had to do it up. I saw the opportunity to see this in a theater. For one, I go, huh, which theater? The Paris Theater, uh, which is a, a famous New York City theater. Now, Interesting, because uh, what I would think is you would see close there, because that's where they speak French. <laughs> right. Although they do speak about taking uh, uh, over Paris in All Quiet on the Western Front. So, uh, just, Sorry, just, just, just a side note. We do have another injury on the field. Looks like we have a bloody <laughs> nose, perhaps. Which, which side has a bloody nose? Who, who, who America. Hurt? America. Are you telling me an American went down as I'm talking about all quiet on the Western Front? Americans are famous for their weak noses. And and who are they fighting against in this match, Marcus? Japan. Japan. Who, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, don't, don't do this. Were they a part of <laughs> World War I? I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> Uh, we need more World War One movies to teach us this stuff. Yes, it says here the Allies in World War One were France, the UK, Russia, Italy, and Japan, and hey, right. the United States as well. So Japan, they were our friends in World War One, Marcus. And this is a friendly bout between these two the, countries. The, 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 the soccer match playing uh, nearly ninety, like ninety, no, over a hundred years later, we can finally come together and say, "Hey, let's play some soccer." Exactly. And if soccer has taught us anything, it's that. Uh, I, I, Marcus, <laughs> have you seen the movie Bend It Like Beckham? Yes. I'm maybe. Ass- I'm assuming that means you might have seen it as a as a youth. You don't remember much of it. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say no. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, it, it, the Noah Baumbach, right? Bend or it no, like Beckham. Screaming. Okay. <laughs> That's kicking and screaming. <laughs> I've also, seen the remake of Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. I don't, also, I don't think that's a remake. I, I think they're just two different movies that are named Kicking and Screaming. Are they both about soccer? <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not laughing at you because I think you're an idiot. I have also had the same issue. But no, the Noah Baumbach movie, which I haven't seen, is called Kicking and Screaming. Um, I don't think it has soccer in it. Yeah. All it says here, I, it says. Yeah, I've, I've went my entire life assuming that, that, that that's what that was. Kicking and screaming with Noah Baumbach. It says here, it tells a, it tells of a group of college graduates who refuse to move on with their <laughs> lives, each in their own peculiar way. Uh, an adult drama. One plays soccer. And the Will Ferrell movie uh, stars Will Ferrell and Robert Duvall as a father and son who exploit their their own son's soccer teams to try and beat the other. <laughs> okay, the amount that we're fucking around here, you would think we don't have things to talk about. We absolutely do. Uh, let's go back to Quiet, Quiet on the Western Front, Marcel. Uh, at Paris Cinema. So I saw it at the Paris Theater. Iconic New York City theater. Which, Marcus, I didn't know this until... Or I may have forgot... Because I, I know Netflix did this recently, but it it, it it ended up being the theater that Netflix bought. So Netflix owns um, a theater in New York City, and I went to their theater, uh, the Paris Theater, to watch their Netflix movie, All Quiet on the Western so Front. what else could you have seen there? You could have seen Me Time with Mark Wahlberg. And- <laughs> <laughs> Hubie Halloween. Uh, they had midnight Hubie screenings Halloween. of Hubie Halloween every night. <laughs> The gray man, uh, the gray man, the gray man, the gray man playing at six a.m. 
Um, no, uh, yes. They, they, no and yes. Uh, yes, actually, yeah, they play Netflix movies. Uh, but, I mean, of course, they're showing, like, Pinocchio. Um, another, what, what, what other Oscar nominee of Netflix is out there right now? I forget. But they, they're, they're playing, <sighs> they're playing the prestige Netflix movies. Along with, uh, they were showing trailers for Moonstruck. They were showing trailers for After Hours. I think they had a Scorsese retrospective going on there. But yeah, it was weird having... Uh-oh, we got a goal. Goal, America. USA up 1-0. You know who also had the upper hand on America at one point? Germany. The French. So it was well, weird. I, I mean, yes, Germany at one point, yes. Yeah. It was weird having the ushers in the Netflix theater wear Netflix uh, logo on their clothes. That was weird, being in a theater and seeing that. Um, that does sound very weird. But hey, nice theater. Uh, we sat in the balcony and watched the movie. And I know you were pretty cool on it, Marcus. You said, hey, I mean, it's a war movie. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing you. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. At least I'm not going to try to. But you were like, yeah, it's a standard war movie. It doesn't really do anything in particular that's maybe new, fresh for a war movie. It tells the same story we've seen many times, right? That's that's what you'd say about this version of All Quiet, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about what I said. We did do an episode where we went more in-depth on it when I was the only one that had seen it. And I, I, I came away basically with that. It was just like, yeah, totally fine, totally solid. But we've seen it before. We've seen it better and uh but 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 good right did did you think it was is that how you feel too this i pretty much feel the same way except that i do think it does do certain things very well yeah um the cinematography especially i was like um impressed by so that's i'll give it that cinematography some of the performances Especially that Did the score stand out to you. I, I remember the score. That that main kid stood out, but the score. Okay, the score. I initially was like, "Huh, this feels a bit off to me. Maybe too of of this current age to like represent something that happened, you right. know, nearly a hundred years ago, right? If that makes sense. It's like putting a Trent Reznor score on a World War One movie." They had that, I had that feeling, but I don't know. I, I, I did end up, end up enjoying it at the end, the score. And I can see why it's now nominated for Best Score, right? I think it got a nomination for that. Uh, yeah, Best Original Score. So good job, Volker Bertelman. Uh, oh, wait, uh, Marcus, re- re- remind me your thoughts on the score. That, that it stood out to me and I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah same with me. So cinematography, score, and yeah, all the technicals. I mean, it's, it's worth nominating i can see that worth putting in best picture race maybe not for me yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 near the bottom for me or actually it might be the bottom i now, now that i've seen all the nominees i guess now i can say for sure which one in my opinion is at the top and which one is at the bottom uh but maybe i'll do that later for hey, to save this yeah exactly hey we'll save this conversation for the next episode thank you marcus yeah uh but yeah but again just to re- just to reiterate i agree with marcus the movie doesn't do a lot to like change the genre which i kind of feel at this point you kind of need to with these movies because we've seen so many of sure. them um, and they all basically say the same thing but this one at least has some of those elements that i i'm, I'm happy it got nominated for 
like cinematography for sure. Or if you're not going to do your, like you have to have like a high amount of quality. Yeah. Do something unique with it. Do a Dunkirk, do something like that or be better. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, the, that, that original story of all quiet in the Western front that now this is like the third adaptation of those elements in that story. You feel like other movies have done it and some have, done it or not most but like a lot of movies a lot of movies have done this sort of anti-war message a lot better than this and i I, hopefully you understand what i'm saying listeners and marcus but like i'm saying like this is like yeah i it does feel like it's a story that's 100 years old and there have been other you know movies and stories that have been influenced by this that have done it better is what i'm trying to say so I don't know. Ch- change the aspect of the story a bit, make it more interesting. But again, I'm not a screenwriter, so what? I don't know. Figure it out. I'm not being paid to do this. You are screenwriters. I'm so angry with you. God damn it. Um, anyway, <laughs> this this also got nominated for best adapted screenplay. That's all. Quiet in the Western Front. We'll talk more about it next week on the Best Picture podcast episode. Um, but yeah, so there you go. All quiet. Close. Crush those two off my list. Um, that's all I want to say about movies I saw. One more thing I'll say. This is important. Um, I came face to face with an Oscar winner, Marcus. What? <laughs> yeah. An Fa- Oscar winner. I believe it's the, okay. I okay. believe. Well, it's, well, let's think. Well, let's think about this. What, okay. what, what, what Oscars is this? Is going to be like the ninety-first? I don't know. Well, ninety-fifth. Uh, this this current Oscars, it's the ninety-fifth, I believe. I'll double 95th. check. Yeah. So yeah, the ninety-fifth Academy Awards. We've had hundreds upon hundreds of Academy Award winners. Who could you have seen? You could have ran into. And keep in mind, this is New York City. New York City, the Big Apple. Yes, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> no, you have twenty-five more guesses. Okay. Okay. Um, shit, that's my only guess. That's it? Okay. You, you just want to yeah. tap out? You give up? Okay. I saw... Joe Pesci. No. Okay. You're close with a J. First name starts J, with a J. 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 Yeah. J. John Houston. <laughs> I saw a little play called A Doll's House. A Doll's House. This is this is uh this is uh based on that Joss Whedon show, Dollhouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh this this uh, eighteen seventy nine uh, uh Danish play is actually based on the <laughs> Joss Whedon cancel TV show Dollhouse. Um No, so okay. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know if I should just say it or just lean in. You know, kind of not lean into it, or should just uh, like, just like you know tease it. But there, there's no way around it now. Okay, I. It, it just so happened that I was going to be in town for this play's opening. Uh, it, it, not necessarily opening night on Broadway, but uh, this is the, uh, the 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 soft open. I forget the the, the Broadway term for it. But uh, they're working out the kinks uh, in, in this in this opening run. But I just so happened to be in town for the opening day of of, of this play, for this performance of it, and 
the big reason why I was going to see the show was because of the star. It was Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Marcelo, if if anybody knows anything about Marcelo, yeah, we all know that Mar <laughs> that they know probably the number one fact about Marcelo that anybody that knows him knows is that he is a fan of Jessica Chastain. He he took it on as his brand many years ago, <laughs> and he has he has since uh, tried to quietly distance himself from the brand, <laughs> okay. but he cannot deny that he is a Jessica Chastain super fan. Yeah. Stan, if you will, Marcus. Uh, yeah, that, I'm. I'm. I should uh, cut this out and share it with people to try to explain why I have this connection with Jessica Chastain. Not only do I really think, yeah, I, I mean, I'll get to it, but I really do think she's my favorite performer, actor. You know, uh, working now, Jessica Chastain. Work. You're working. Your favorite working actress. Okay. Whatever you're, if you want to genderize it, fine. Okay, actor, actress, performer, performeress. Okay, she's my number one. Not only do I think she's great, performeress. <laughs> Before, yeah, my favorite performeress. Not not only do I think she's an amazing, you know, uh, you know, working actor. I, I I think she's amazing in other aspects. Like, yeah, uh, she, it feels like she's just a, a great person. Hopefully, off screen. At least that's the that's the image she she shares. Okay, whatever. What uh, for years and years uh, I, I for years and years I had Jessica Chastain as my profile picture on Twitter, and shared Jessica Chastain pictures. And yes, Marcus is right. I <laughs> I thought uh, maybe it'd be too weird to have this for too long, and maybe just to, just to try not to attach myself to this person who doesn't know who I am. But still my favorite. And yes, the opportunity came see this show i'm like okay i'll see the show and so what happened after the show well first the show was amazing i i i it feels like a, a jessica chastain passion project this show uh, a doll's house um it's not a, is it a one woman show no uh, it's it's a very stripped down show with a total of like maybe six actors in it actors and actresses anybody else that you'd uh, recognize or yes anything? Actually, uh, I wrote it down. Arian Moyed uh, is the is the co-star of this. Uh, he Arian. is, uh, I mean, the name you might not know, but the face you probably know because either you watch the MCU or you watch Succession. He's on both things. I know this man. Yeah, I know this man. Yeah, this guy's good. He's very good, um, and he's very good in this play. But yeah, uh, I mean, of course, Chastain is the star. She stars as this uh, housewife who's married to this shitty person who uh, uh, Moyad plays, and yeah, uh, it's it's a play from 1879, but apparently, from what I've been told, um, it's it was ahead of its time. It uh, it, it shook people up uh, because it had a woman who basically was no nonsense in the end and kind of like had her own agency, and of course that's a prime part for Jessica Chastain and she was amazing in it um, I'm not going to spoil the aspects of it because uh, first off I mean, it's only 150 years old but okay but the thing is it's a, it's a, it's a new adaptation and they do some cool things on stage and uh, I don't they have like laser rifles and stuff <laughs> okay how about this 
Uh, no, I don't even want to do that. You know what? For, for the sake of Broadway people out there who might eventually see this, I'll, I'll save it for now. But it's a very cool thing that it does, apparently, that, uh, again, what I've been told uh, is something that doesn't happen ever on Broadway. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil what it is. I'll tell Marcus off, off mic. Great show. She's amazing. She's going to get that Tony. Or as somebody uh, I overheard say while we're walking out to play, somebody said, oh, she's going to get that Emmy. <laughs> Five beats later, she goes, oh, I mean, Tony. Um, okay. <laughs> you love the show. You loved seeing her. And, and you saw her. You had like a nice balcony seat from what I could tell. Yeah, I, I share pictures with it in the Discord, which you can join, by the way. Marcus, if, if I wanted to see these uh, yeah, pictures uh, of Jessica uh, Chastain you, on stage uh, at a doll's exactly. house. How how could I do that? And and if if I were it, a cool person, if you are a cool person and you'd like to uh, have the behind the scenes, uh, you if if you were in our Discord and, and are a cool person, you could already know how this story ends. Uh, the story that we're so elegantly telling. Uh, uh, to do that, uh, you can go to uh, talkfilmsociety.com slash discord and uh, join the discord. Have fun in there. We talk about movies and whatever else said stuff there you go um so after the show or before the show um that the person who i'm with in this whole thing uh my my partner uh she she was the one who pointed out that we'd be in town because i went with i went to new york city with her she said hey look that jessica chastain play it's starting the Monday we're there. So I, I, I'm like, yes, let's do it. And then she also said that we could stage door it, which I'm like, I don't know what that means. And so she goes, yeah, it's stage, stage dooring means, uh, you can, uh, uh, hang out where the, the, the performer stage door is, uh, in this, in this building after a play and they'll come out and say hello or sign an autograph or, or take a picture. And I'm like, okay. Um, I wouldn't be able to sleep if I didn't at least like try to do this. Um, be- yeah. Because I know if, if I would have told the story and I decided not to stage door it. If I would have told you that, Marcus, like, what, what would you have said? I, 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 I would have been pretty upset for you, Marcus. Yeah. I, I, it would have felt like a wasted opportunity yeah. to me. So my, my lovely partner decides to wait with me um, uh, uh, by Jessica Chastain's and the performer's stage door. After the and, she, and, she, and, you, and your partner, she knows how much you're into Jessica Chastain. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, but so this is a sweet thing for her to do. That's what I'm trying to say. It, 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 very sweet because I had no idea about this. I mean, I, I really, I, I knew uh, that it happened, but I didn't know how exactly it happened. But it's very, and I don't also want to encourage people to do this a lot. This, this is weird, but I'll say it has a happy ending because yes, um, I was also worried for my partner. Be not worried. I was also like concerned. Or just like, should we really be standing out here for two hours in the cold waiting for this person to come out? Because it, that's what my partner said. It, sometimes it takes a while for the, the, the actor to come out and say hello, if they ever do. Um, so I'm like, I, I, you know, maybe it's too cold. Maybe we don't wait that long. But we ended up waiting about an hour, a little over an hour. 
And, oh, wow. and guess who came out to say hello? It was Jessica Chastain. Okay. Wow. And at this point, um, uh, the, the, the security guard uh, around there was handing out masks for anybody who's going to get close. Because, of course, Chastain gotcha. didn't, didn't want to get COVID. Because, um, of course, she's a Broadway performer, so she can't get sick. Uh, so that's, that's uh, I put on my mask. And I was, that was there holding two uh, uh, playbills, uh, me, me and my partners, uh, for her to sign. And I was expecting that to be it. I was like, okay, she's going to sign these two things. That's it. No big deal. But I see that she was also taking pictures. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can swing taking a picture with, just, with Jessica Chastain. So I had my partner hold the phone. And I got the signatures. I got to Jessica Chastain. I was like, please, please sign these two. <laughs> one is for me. One is for my <laughs> girlfriend. I very much like stepped over my words as I was saying that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, can, can I take a picture with you? And she's like, yes. So she pulls down her mask. Chastain does. I have my mask on still. My partner takes the picture. And as she's taking the picture, I, I, at this point, I didn't know what to say. So maybe I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'll just keep quiet and not say anything. But then I had to, I had to, I had to say something. So I, I just said, as the picture is being taken, I go, you're my favorite performer. That's that's what I said. That's the exact words I said, and I have it on video. <laughs> I said that, and she she goes, oh, and she is sweet. She looked me right in the eye. She goes, thank you. She goes, I was worried about my voice uh, uh, tonight at the performance. Um, she goes, and she, we had like the briefest, the littlest conversation. We had a little back and forth. She's like, oh, my voice. I go, no, you were great. It's like, don't worry about it, <laughs> Jessica Chastain. <laughs> I said that to her. <laughs> And, and then that was it. A, a brief back and forth, uh, uh, making direct eye contact with my favorite actor performing today and, and just saying, yeah, you're great. And then that's it. And then I left and I had the signature and uh, yeah, ended up having a great night. That's so great. That's so great. Marcel. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so happy that this got to happen. Um, Could yeah. it happen to a, a, a more deserving fan <laughs> of Jessica Chastain? But yeah, that's it. I, 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 and hey, and now the bit can end. Okay, uh, I, I closed the book on the bit. I mean, she's still my f- my favorite, uh, uh, you know, actor working today. But uh, no more. The, the 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 Twitter bit is over. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody can shut up about it now. Honest question: Have you felt saddled by this uh, Jessica Chastain perform uh, uh, brand? <laughs> what do you mean saddled? Do you mean? Uh, do, do you feel like you have you I, I, I my what I said earlier is I feel like you have tried to distance yourself from it do you do you feel like you have to play into it do you feel like uh, well I, or do you still do, do you do you enjoy doing that you know initially I it was all fun and it's not that it's you know it's still but then fun. Then you became the Jessica Chastain guy. I know, but that's the thing. It becomes less and less fun. It's it's not that it's not fun to have this sort of persona, but then when you think about it, I'm like, well, she's an actual person. Do I want to have an actual person be my persona? I I don't. Fair. Yeah, and that's that's one reason why I'm like, you know, I I can. Back I think up. I'm rubbing on that. I I can back myself off a bit right now. <laughs> I can, I can back off a bit, right? But I'm more than just Jessica Chastain. And she's <laughs> the craziest thing is <laughs> she is more than you. <laughs> but 
that may be a crazy thing to say, but get this, buddy. Somebody did tell me in person that it's like whenever they see Jessica Chastain like a, a, in a photo, a movie, whatever, they think of me, which is a bizarre thing. Somebody said this to me uh, in person it, years it, ago. Honestly, that's me. I, I, I do the same. But I, I guess it's just I'm on the side of it. I didn't realize I. It's not that I have a huge follower base, but like, yes, like people have DM'd me. People have uh, added me on on Twitter. They've they've you know every time Jessica Chastain does something, I appreciate people sending me the news or, or informing me. Um, I don't know, but that that that's it. And then sometimes it's it's weird. That's awesome. Okay. Well, look, I, I, I am uh, happy to that this happened for you, Marcelo. I'm glad you got to see a nice play on Broadway. This is on Broadway, right? Or it was off? Yeah, it's it's on Broadway. Again, this is okay. the uh, pre-show, uh, uh, hey, let's see how things go. And there was a, a technical snafu. Like, in the first 10 Uh-oh. minutes, they had a shutdown. Spider-Man's uh, rig broke. Yes. Um, and and uh, it was weird having a doll's house, but with just Spider-Man in it too like in full costume um but yeah there's a technical staff but hey i think it it opens officially uh um, in a few weeks and it'll be on broadway so this is like a preview show well i'm glad marcel that you got to see uh, a nice broadway play starring your favorite actress and not only just saw that you got to uh, have a nice meeting with your favorite actress it felt like you said it, it felt like your life had come full circle <laughs> and now I can your, die. Your, 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 your online person, <laughs> your online persona had been fulfilled. Uh, and I know this was massively satisfying for so many people, not even just yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad you did it. The, yeah. The hero finally won. Um, I can, and I can put the bit to rest. Uh, and, and yeah, that's it. That's, that, that's the last long live Jessica Chastain. Yeah. She, she's got her Oscar. She's got her photo with me. That's it. We've both reached the pinnacle. <laughs> There's nowhere for us to go next. There is one place for us to go next, though. Yeah, where do we go from here? Oh, I also saw Blonde. Do we have time for that? I saw Blonde today. Uh, I, th- I think that's been teased for next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh we'll, okay. We'll all right. All right. So, so, we'll, so we'll talk. We'll talk about Blonde later. So, so the tease is, hey, I saw Blonde, and I'll talk about that next episode because I'm sure there'll be a chance to uh, do so. Let me just let me just poke one out here. I got uh, poke one out. <laughs> I saw Black Panther. <laughs> I saw Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, did not like it anywhere near as much as I liked the first Black Panther. Um, it felt kind of uh, saccharine and weird. Didn't like it very much, but um, too obsessed with death. And I get it, but like it feels, it felt almost a little bit. I don't want to say exploitative, but it felt weird. Uh, yeah watching it um but anyway that uh so angela bassett she's up for she's the front runner right now for best supporting actress yes and i'll just say sure i i didn't have one i didn't really have any opinion about yeah. her performance so. i do you feel the same right I, 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 or am i weird for saying that i wish i had this up but um whenever i think of jessica sorry Jessica Chastain. <laughs> Whenever they get Jessica Chastain, that's every minute of my life. No, let me start again. Yeah. Whenever I think of Angela Bassett, I think of a tweet that says, uh, congratulations to Angela Bassett for, for winning the award for best performance in a trailer. <laughs> right. See, yeah. 
because I think that's what yeah. it is. Our best performance is in the trailer, and in yeah. the movie, it feels like, yeah, she's good. I mean, she's always good, and in that role, she's yeah. good. But yeah, uh, it's I. Uh, if we look at the other best supporting actresses in that in the category, my God, yeah. I. I I uh, I don't think she measures. No, uh, she beats Jamie Lee Curtis, barely, I mean, and that just makes her four on that list, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but, but anyway, yeah, that's how I feel. But hey, this will be a, a career Oscar for her. You know, good for her. She has an amazing career anyway. Um, but again, it's a, it's another scenario among many, uh, undoubtedly, of an uh, of an actor actress getting an award for a movie that's not the best and it's just making it for, yeah, for, for others. It's kind of a career award. Yeah. Do you think, do you feel? Yeah. yeah. I think and so. this, what, what, will this be the second comic book character to win an award? <laughs> um, overall? Uh, yeah, I think so. Second character. Cause Joker. Cause I mean, Joker's won twice. Joker's won twice. So her, his character's got two awards. And I guess yeah, her character is is, is her character a, and Black a, a, Panther's mom now has yeah, an award too. Is is uh, Black Panther's mom a, a, a canonical character in the in the comic books? I don't know. Surely, 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 right? I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not surely, surely, surely. <laughs> Not her. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So yeah, I saw that. We can move on. Wait. I got and not, let not me uh, let me zip through this and 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 th- this is just, just like jumping from topic to topic. Uh, I'll I'll say this. Uh, hold on, sorry. One one time to b- double back. I saw Thor: Love and Thunder before I watched Black Panther. What a dreadful fucking experience that was. Uh, I would not call Black Panther dreadful. I hated Thor. Continue on. Uh, and let me say this. I'm not a fan of Thor: Love and Thunder. I'm not a big fan of Wakanda Forever. But at least that new Quantum Mania is okay. I saw that. That was f- I like that. Yeah. I like that better than What Kind of Forever and Love and Thunder. But that's just me. Combined? Uh, no, not combined. That you know, because <laughs> like fifty percent of What Kind of Forever is like actually good, and and then like twenty five percent of Love and Thunder is good. So that's seventy five percent. And yeah. I'd give like Quantum Mania like sixty nine percent. Nice. Um, okay. Nice. Um, yeah, let's move on. That's enough uh, uh, of that. Oh, oh, okay. The documentaries for shorts. I saw those. I'll just zip through these. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so yes, um, and, and and I had to catch this screening uh, because it was the last one <laughs> I- I- this week for the short documentaries, which r- came out to two hours and forty six minutes. The whole thing to see this in theaters. And I did it, and I'm glad I did, because otherwise I don't think I'd be able to do this at home. Um, I'll just quickly give my ranking. Uh, the number one, my favorite of the bunch, I think would have to be How Do You Measure a Year? And I think it barely gets to the number one slot. Because while I think they're all good, they didn't really blow me away. The, the only one to like almost blow me away is How Do You Measure a Year? And that one is a 30-minute documentary about a father recording uh, his daughter growing up. Um, like he, every, uh, On her birthday, he takes a video camera and asks her a few questions on camera. And we see mm. this uh, happen from the age of 2 to 18. Um, I think it's a very interesting documentary. Uh, and 
I think it's the only one on the list of the five that's not available online right now. So hopefully it'll get online. And I think it's if it wins the Oscar, I'd be happy. Uh, then the other ones you can see on Netflix and on the New Yorker website. Uh, uh, weird enough, <laughs> I know it's okay. the the Elephant Whispers. That's on Netflix. That's nominated because it just looks so gorgeous, and it's about about baby elephants being raised uh, to survive in India. <laughs> and of course, it gets nominated because it looks well. gorgeous, and it's about baby elephants. Um, uh, Stranger at the Gate uh, is is pretty good. It's about um, a, a a dangerous person who ends up becoming not so dangerous because he talks to people outside his social circle. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a weird message, but but pretty good documentary. Uh, Martha Mitchell effect is actually very interesting. Tells the story of Martha Mitchell uh, and and her connection to Nixon. Um, interesting. That's on Netflix. A Stranger at the Gate is on New Yorker, and also Hall Out is on New Yorker. That's my number five. That's the 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 least best of the five because it's just about this researcher. Uh, I think in the North Pole and. Uh, he, he, he studies seals that wash up on the shore and it just shows you him surrounded by 95,000 seals on the shore. That's the documentary. Um, but yeah, that's Great. it. Overall, strong lineup, but I don't know. It, it feels like this is a mix of documentaries that are just very standard of like, oh, this is the genre uh, that we've seen so much of um, individually. But at least how do you measure a year seems more interesting than the other ones. So that's how I feel. There you go. Best documentary shorts nominees. All right, Marcus. We're recording on a Sunday. This is it. <laughs> this is it. We're recording on a Sunday. We're, what, three weeks away from the Oscars? Uh, and right now the BAFTAs are happening. Or they might already be over. The, the 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 British Academy of Film and Television Arts or some shit like that. Um, <laughs> do you want to do you want to know some of the winners, Marcus of the of the Baftas? Oh yeah, the Baftas. Uh, no, you don't. Okay, let's move on. Uh, the DGA award. No, okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, let's give us some Baftas. They're hap- are they still happening currently, or I, have they wrapped up? I think they just finished. Uh, it's it's it, okay. It, it's, it's weird give us, because... Give us the big ones. The, the okay. director, the actor, whatever. Let me just zip through some of these. Supporting actress, Carrie Condon won. Uh, adapted screenplay. Ooh, all, all Quiet on the Western Front won. Supporting actor, mm. Barry Keegan won. Oh, wow. Uh, best film, Not in the English Language, All Quiet. Um, best editing, Everything mm. Everywhere. Cinematography, All Quiet. Uh, outstanding... Uh, a debut by British writer, producer, director, uh, Charlotte Wells for After Sun. Original screenplay, oh. Banshees. Animated film, Pinocchio. Visual effects, Avatar. Documentary, Naval Knee. <laughs> Original score, All Quiet. Sound, All Quiet. Costumes, Elvis. Um, British film, Banshees yes. of Inishirin. Uh Director... Edward Berger for All Quiet. Uh, actor, mm-hmm. Austin Butler for Elvis. Actress, Kate Blanchett for Tar. And best film, All Quiet on the Western Front. So there you go. Those are the BAFTAs. A- any thoughts on that, Marcus? 
What was best film? It was all quiet. It was all quiet. Best film, all quiet. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and it won it over Banshees, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, and Tar. Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, what does, are you gonna do? Uh, does that worry you? Does it uh, does it put a pit in your stomach to think that all quiet might sneak in and just take best picture at the Oscars? Uh, it, uh, it doesn't worry me. It bums me out a little that they didn't give it to Banshees. I guess when they gave Banshees so much other stuff, but um. I just love Banshees. I wish it would. I, I hope it gets as much as it can get. I'm sure that's that's my uh, that's probably my number one dog in the fight right now for some just for whatever reason. I I, I if anything, screenplay might be uh, unfortunately might be its only win at the Oscars at this yeah, rate, which is possible, which sucks because uh, there are plenty of movies like that have come out that I thought it should just sweep. It gets nominated but doesn't win anything. I think The Irishman was last movie that did that for me where it, it won nothing, but it got nominated for so much. Anyway, the DGAs, which leads us into our discussion for the week, the director's guild awards happened last night. As of this recording on February 18th, um, let's just dive into it. Cause this opens up our discussion for, for our, our favorite directors of 2022. So, here are the nominees for the DGAs this year. Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans. Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere. Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick. And Todd Field for Tar. All right. So the winner is... Do, do you know who won, Marcus? I'm assuming you do. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So I did see the winners. Yeah. Winners. The winners. Oh, spoiler. The winners are The Daniels. Uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart. For everything, everywhere, uh, all at once. I don't get it, but uh, congrats, boys. <laughs> One movie I did see over my New York City weekend, I saw Everything Everywhere again in a theater at uh, the mm. Lower Manhattan Draft House. Great experience. Um, not only the, the, the theater was, was great to be in, they had great drinks, but the movie itself... Well, I think we'll talk about it next week. I think we have to, Marcus. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have to get into it next week. I think Everything Everywhere is a five out of five. And Marcus has made it clear in, in past recordings and, and conversations I've cut out of the podcast because I wanted to save it. <laughs> uh, Marcus, not a big fan of Everything Everywhere. So we'll get into it next week. And the Daniels will show up, I'm sure, later in the episode, too, because, hey... This, this brings us into the topic. Our favorite directors of 2022. This is it. When we started this, we, we, we did this for the actors and actresses. And I think that's it, right? Just the, just the acting awards and the yeah, screenplay? Yeah, we did all, all four acting categories and then screenplay and score. Score, that's right. And we never bothered to finish that off. And now we're trying to finish it off. Or, uh, yeah, it, other, it, other stuff came up. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> other stuff came up. Um, and I mean, the nominations happened and they were just like, Oh, what are we going to do now? And then my power went out for three days and then I went to New York city, but we're back. We're focused now. Best directors of 2022. How do we do this? Uh, one of us goes first. I forget who went first. Well, last yeah, time. One, one of us just goes first with our list. Uh, unless you want to flip. No, we'll do that next week. Yeah. Just one of us goes, one of us just goes first. Um, I think you should go first. Okay. I don't know who went first last time. <laughs> I'll go first. So my I wrote down five and one honorable mention for my favorite directors of 2022. Okay. Honorable mention, Charlotte Wells for After Sun. Uh, 
it's it's a shame that it's only it's only got one nomination at the Oscars this year after Sun. Although that'll still get people watching the movie. Uh, I watched it in January after Sun, and I'm still just so um, thinking about like its its visual style. It's very simple at times, but it's also just so smart and like where it puts its camera because it's all about the camera at, at moments. Because um, I mean, it's it's a powerful story about a uh, a girl you know, coming of age with her father who is just going through something. We don't know while we watch the movie what's happening, possibly until the, until the end of the movie. Um, and that's why uh, Mezcal is so great in it, because like, there's so many layers to going in with this. Um, uh, there's so many layers to his character that that helps it also being a great movie, After Sun. So great director, Wells, great movie, After Sun. That's my honorable mention. You going to say something funny, Marcus, in the middle of my... Um, my, my talk up of After Sun. Uh, I was, was going to say, you're still in the afterglow of the After Sun. Oh, God. I almost spit out my Is tea. Is that funny? Yeah, it's funny. I almost, I almost laughed. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Number five. Best I can hope for. Michael Bay Ambulance. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, baby. All right. Get out of here. That's right. Get out of here, Charlotte Wells. Michael Bay's number five. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did a podcast on Michael Bay. I'm a big defender of the guy, and I think he's yeah I think he's a stand-up guy, uh, I, and, and not only that he's a great director. I think he's improving as a director actually. Like with um with the Netflix movie Six Underground and now this, he's always so interested in tech and how to show action yeah. in like this new generation of filmmaking. And man, he's certainly not somebody that like rests on his laurels. Like hey, he has, uh, he has trademarks, of course, but like he's always trying new shit. Exactly, and that's how it feels like. I mean, and, and that's what he's going for in something like Ambulance, which feels like it could have been like a stripped down movie. But he goes, no, I'm gonna bring in fucking drones. I'm gonna just like continue to explode things like in in real residential areas. I'm going to be who I am, but just more intense. And that's Michael Bay's direction. He's not, again, like you said, he's not resting on his laurels. He wants to up himself each time. And I see that in Ambulance. That's number five. Number four, the good old boy. (laughs) The best director in my heart. Uh, Actually, number four. Damien Chazelle for Babylon. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We've talked Babylon people at this point should know I love the movie Marcus just so happens to love the movie too more than me um, and <laughs> I don't know it, it, uh, I've heard criticism saying like Babylon's too much like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie or oh that's a bad thing yeah terrible <laughs> yeah it's like who doesn't want to be you know making a Paul Thomas Anderson movie let Damien Chazelle yeah. do whatever he wants, right? He can have his influences. And sure, uh, it's another, like, on the face of it, a, a, a you know, Hollywood, uh, an ode to Hollywood and, and, and the golden age of film, right? Kind of like. It, and it, it's amazing that it does not come. Like, this, uh, there has been increasing, uh, I, for me and for a lot of people, there has been an increasing backlash against that type of movie like uh, for me it kind of started with shape of water where i was like just kind of unfazed by like i love cinema 
and and that 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 message has become less and less interesting to me over time. Damien Chazelle delivers it in such a heartfelt and like really maximalist way that's just like I believe you and I, like it, it almost feels novel that like the the way that he approaches it almost makes it feel novel and like way more interesting yeah. than on its face. Yeah. And yeah, and like we talked about, I think last episode, the ending is phenomenal, and I think it, it shows that it's yeah, it has more layers to it. Uh, I I've enjoyed reading the other takes on it. It's opened my mind on the movie, and yeah, why why can't more movies be sort of ambiguous or grandiose or as uh, outlandish as like Babylon? Uh, come on, be be more like Babylon. Is my point. Um, speaking of loving movies, though, number three, Spielberg for the Fablemans. Ah, uh, he's Spielberg. I've talked a lot about Fablemans and how great of a director Spielberg is. But but yeah, um, it's another one of those things where it's like on the face of it, yeah, love of movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then there's a deep, dark underscore of, hey, I can pick up the camera, I can shoot things, but there's there's in that power there is dread <laughs> he captures too and, and, much both both steven spiel I, I i kind of take offense to uh steven spielberg's being referred to as love of movies i think both uh, you said the darker underside to it where I, it feels like it's an escape for him it's he's trying to get away from his life and so he focuses intently on this and he doesn't treat that with uh he doesn't treat that like very glowingly he's not like oh cinema saved my life he's like this is just what i had to this is just like what i had to do and like i could have done something else this is what i focused on it almost feels very cynical about movies to me uh, again it's another very interesting perspective where like I, I i mean babylon shows the the terrible sides of how films were made in the 20s so like they both have kind of like a darker undercurrent to them. I, I don't know how I yeah. end this, but no, yeah. you you end up by making a point, which you just did, and I agree with that point. Uh, the, these two movies are just so again on the face of it, you could think they're one thing, you know, a loving O to cinema, which part of it is, but another part of it is like, holy shit, I just accidentally, uh, uh, you know, shot uh, my mom having an affair in the background of my camp video. And th- yeah, that's that's not that's not the cinema you want to experience. Um, but hey, Spielberg faces it head on in the Fableman. It's now playing. Number two, cinema kind of ruined my life, but I leaned into it. <laughs> leaned like into that, it. that's like, that's kind of how I feel. Like what else I am leaned I gonna into do? It and made it a career. Yeah, you got me, cinema. I'll do it for the next seventy years. Um, hey, another artist who. You know, is is you know you could call him cynical. You could call him, you know, a kind of like a, a hey, uh, what's going on here? Uh, an artist struggling maybe at times, but uh, always comes out with uh, a hit that that uh, is all about the genre he created. That's right. I'm talking about David Cronenberg with Crimes uh, of the Future. The Crones. The Cronenberg. Yes, I I think he made a great comeback uh, with body horror in uh, Crimes of the Future, and only he could make that movie. Like nobody else can make Crimes of the Future except him. The 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 filmmaker of the Best Crash, 
he could only make crimes of the future. History of violence, uh, the fly, dead ringers. Like that is the Cronenberg I love. And that is in crimes of the future. Hard to really pinpoint exactly what his thing is, but I can, I know it's when I see it and that's what it is. Uh, crimes of the future for me. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my number two. I know you, you, you're not as hyped up on it as I am, Marcus, but I, you, you do. I mean, come on. You got to give it to Cronenberg. No, I, I, I do dig the movie a lot. It's, it's, very, it's very damn cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I have no umbrage to you saying he's one of the best directors of the year for following this. I, the, I mean, you'll see with my list, I, I, I'm rewarding ambition. And that's like a- ambition and weirdness. And like that's an ambitious and weird movie. Yeah. Hundred percent, and it's. And I, I only, I, I only think of that good, like yeah. as a good thing. Yeah. And finally, I guess uh, we'll save this bigger discussion for later. But I got to put the Daniels at number one for everything, everywhere. I. Yeah. And again, I saw this recently in a theater, and I, I said this uh, uh, to because uh, me and my partner went to go see it. I said this to her. I think maybe even before. I definitely said it after, but I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be my fifth time seeing everything everywhere in total. I think fourth time in theaters. I'm going to hunt for what I think is wrong with this movie. I'm going to look for faults. Right now, it's a five out of five, but I can if if I find something I don't like it, if I see the problem here, I'll I'll bump it down. I have no problem with that." I came out of it thinking five out of five. I could, for me, I couldn't find a single thing wrong with the movie. In my opinion, I know others don't feel the same way, but I, in my heart of hearts, it's a perfect movie. And I think the direct, the the Daniels directed it with so much. I, I hate Joie to use, Yeah, Joie de I hate to use this word you used earlier, but with ambition, and they shot it smartly. Um. Oh God! Should I say this now? Yeah, yeah. I'll tease it, and we'll talk about it more in the future. You, we have to. Okay. Today I saw a movie that had, you know, various experimental aspects to it that used a lot of aspect ratios, that used a lot of lenses and black and white. And mm. I felt that that movie I saw today didn't compare to what I saw in Everything Everywhere, where it had more of a mm. bigger vision, a more of a I know it, it, it. I understood it more in terms of like what it was trying to say with its visual stylings and experimental takes. I saw it more in the Daniels Everything Everywhere than mm. the movie I saw today. Well, who could guess what that movie? Is? <laughs> we'll find so, out next week. So that's number one, Marcus. <laughs> you have the floor now. You can you can come at me for anything at the moment, or you can just jump into your top five. Uh, I'm not going to come at you, bro. I like your <laughs> list. I respect your list, um, Marcel. I'm going to say. Only my number one has been chosen. What? And I have a list. Shut up. I have a list here of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I have a list here of twelve people. I'm twelve people one right now. I I have eleven people right now. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna cut that guy too. So I look. I uh, Jesus. So, so so now we have a top ten. Is what I'm hearing. I, I'm not going to give you a top ten. I'm not even. I, I'm not even going to do an honorable mention. I'm just going to do my five, okay? And okay. I'm gonna, I'm going to be making it up on the fly here. Okay, all right. Is, this is exciting. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, um, I mean. I wrote mine down. I've had mine ready for an hour, but 
Marcus, you can you can make things See, up I, on the fly. I made this list last night, and I just—I'm <laughs> kidding. It's it's been tough. It's been tough to rule anybody out. But like I said earlier, I am I am prioritizing ambition. I'm I am prioritizing things that I feel like I have not seen before. Um, I am prioritizing unique voices. Yeah, uh, 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 auteurism, if you will. I will. I'll allow it. My number five, Zach Kreger for Barbarian. Oh, now nice. this man came out of nowhere. He, he was a goofy comedy guy that I've loved since I was a kid from the whitest kids, you know, and he comes out of nowhere with this really bonkers, super fun, weird, gross horror movie that I just dig so much. Somehow he got a nice budget for it and he used that budget to its fullest and made one of the more unique horror films I've seen in years. And, uh, I, I appreciate that. It's a very strong debut. And, uh, yeah, I'm only putting him at five, uh, but, uh, God bless him. (laughs) I hope to see more. Uh, what's, uh, he's been, his next film has already been announced, right? And it sounded interesting to me. It was like, it's going to be Magnolia, but like a horror Magnolia. Like that, that sounds cool as shit. Yeah. 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 I, I'm trying to look up uh, what, what it is, but uh, yeah, I heard the same thing. A high budget, a uh, big cast, I think apparently. Um, and I, I hope he doesn't succumb to the fictional uh, sophomore slump. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm betting on him being a very uh, uh, interesting film voice in the future, a la a, a la uh, my number four, Jordan Peele. A la. A la my Jordan Peele. Uh, for Nope, um, I don't love Nope, but I see the craft in nope and i respect nope and i think nope does so many amazing things whenever you see behind the scenes photos of nope it it looks like it's a miracle Uh, and and how he translated that to the screen like it it really it's it it, jordan peele is one of our best filmmakers today that's that's without hyperbole or anything he just is uh jordan peele number four Number four, good pick. I now I this do becomes love nope. very hard. I love Nope, and I agree with you. He's um, I don't know. It's for me. It came close. I, I almost put uh, Peel above Bay, maybe at one point, but I don't know. I had to give it to I had to give it to Bay. So yeah, uh, Nope was in the running for sure, and Jordan Peel was. Marcus Peel is your Bay. Uh, number three, number three, S S Rajamuli. For RRR. Wow. Brave of you to pick that. Brave. Very brave. Um, Especially after, you know, he's, he's he came out in support of um, of some right-wing figures. I mean... Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well... Um, well, no, he just says, like, he finds, like, like his inspiration are, like, American action movies. And he yeah. said, like, yeah, that's, Mel Gibson or that's, whatever, right? that's That's what I'm referring to, but... Somebody's tweets made you know made it out to seem like he was a bad person for just liking Mel Gibson. Uh, that doesn't make him a bad filmmaker. And, and I've seen uh, from from like 
people that know about Indian politics, like that perhaps this is not the most uh, wokest of films. But look, that doesn't affect me. I don't care. Like this is yeah, an extremely. I don't give a shit. This is an extremely amazing action movie. Uh, 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 friendship, uh, dance. Um, uh, That's all you need. Uh, hey, fuck yeah, man! It's everything. <laughs> this is this is friendship like, and dance. I was fully. What is the runtime of this movie? It's like almost three hours, maybe a little over. It's like two forty-five, I'd say. I was one hundred percent engaged the entire time. I loved all the characters. I loved the story. I loved uh, the action scenes, the dance scenes, the musical numbers. I was. All of it is shot with such joie de vivre. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, it's one hundred and eighty-two minutes. So three hours and two minutes. One hundred eighty-two minutes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, look, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, Netflix, it's, it's uh, hit it up. <laughs> uh, my number two. Although, do, I, I, this is putting you on the spot, but... Yeah, what do you got? RRR on Netflix. Uh, not the, I mean, not the language you hear in the theatrical version. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, RRR on Netflix. Uh, they have the Hindi version, and it's actually a Telugu movie. Yeah, which right? I do not know where to get the Telugu uh, version. I'd want to hear that and see that versus yeah, the Netflix that version. That is true. Yeah, uh, which, I mean, I say this, and I saw that version in theaters twice, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> uh, my number two is... Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Jane Skonbrun. Skonbrun. Uh, she's the director of We're All Going to the World's Fair. We're All Going to the World's Fair. Uh, Speaking Marcus, of a horror debut like Zach Krager. Marcus, this can, is... Can you agree that 2022 was a landmark year for horror? Uh, and... You know what? Yes, in in many ways, it probably was. Uh, the, we saw the end of we saw the end of Halloween. Uh, finally, the final Halloween movie that'll ever get made. We saw. I mean, the ha- Halloween ends, but horror lives on. We saw the yes, when we saw as Michael Myers fell down, we saw the rise of such great horror filmmakers as Jane Sconbrun and. Uh, Zach Kreger and Jordan Peele and uh, the the guy and that one guy, Mad God. I haven't seen Mad God, but that seems like a cool thing. And those those um, dudes who do the screen movies, they're pretty good. Yeah. And Smile, that one the one guy did Smile. He's good too. I yeah, like, Smile. Smile's pretty good. I'm, like uh, if you see uh, if you see the Smile, it's gonna get you. Yeah, t- Terrifier too. Yeah, there's so many great horror movies. Terrifier too, yeah, uh, legitimately. That's that's I mean, an NC seventeen horror movie making it into like a genuine hit. That's fucking yeah. amazing. But another but, uh, anyway, amazing Jane, movie is one you're trying to talk about right now. But I'm, I keep we're all you. going to the World's Fair. I will talk about this more in depth next week. But Ooh. specifically speaking to Jane Scumbrun's talents, um, it's a uh, beautiful movie that feels like it came from a really earnest and un. Uh, un unrepresented space uh, in in fucking what a, a, anywhere, <laughs> uh, and it comes with very a unique approach to uh, topics that I think will be explored more in the future as we have uh, uh, directors of a certain age growing up and uh, being able to create these stories. 
but yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna get into my love of we're all going to the World's Fair way more in depth later, and I've already done it before where I put like Anna Cobb as my favorite actress of the year. Yeah. Anyway. That's the thing. We've said no, this one. before about our favorites. Yeah. Like, I was trying to find new things to talk about Crimes of the Future. It feels like I talked about that so much this season. But th- this is how we feel, folks. And this is the award season. It's the same thing over and over and over for a few weeks, and then it ends. That's how this series right. is, too. Okay? That's right. So fuck you, okay? If you want to hear my thoughts on Magic Mike's Last Dance, listen to Soderbergh 2828. Okay? I'm not going to tell you that I loved it on this show. Because that's a 2023 movie, okay? We're not going to talk about mm-hmm. that till the next season of this show. So I'm not, I'm not going to talk about Megan. I'm not going to talk about Skin Marink. I'm not going to talk about uh, Plane. I'm not going to talk about Ant-Man Quantumania. Fuck that. <laughs> this is 2022. Anyway, continue, Marcus. And uh, and who ruled number tw- who ruled the year that was 2022? I think... It was one Mr. Damien Chazelle uh, for Babylon. We played jazz. He played uh, music. Uh, he got out the biggest stars to uh, create a scathing portrait of 1920s Hollywood. And uh, Ouch, that burns. Mm, God, it burned. And it burned. The, the, the images of this film will be burned into my retina for years to come. Uh, and, uh, and we all loved it. And this man is probably going to suffer for making this film. Uh, <laughs> I imagine his career is not going to be what we want it to be, but he's got a lot to fall back on. I mean, the man's had a lot of Oscar nominations. He'll probably be fine, but great movie. Uh, we all love it. Maximalist, uh, crazy take. I don't know how the hell he did it. It seems like a miracle that it got pulled together. And, uh, but it did. And, uh, God bless him for it. Damien, uh, I salute you. Uh, you're one of our filmmakers. Yeah. You're one of our filmmakers. Indeed. I've been saying that for years. Uh, and, uh, my, uh, my honorable mention, I said, I wasn't going to do, I'm going to say Andrew Dominic for blonde. Uh, let's move on. Oh my God. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> now to get in the discord. We've done it. Oh, yes. To the Discord. To the Discord. The final segment of the show. I'm pulling it up to Talkfilmsociety.com slash Discord. We reached out to our beautiful uh, members to ask them what they, uh, ask them who their favorite directors of the year were. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start out here. Uh, not the Who's Tommy, Tommy Marinara, Tommy, Thomas Marion, and the. He is the host of Double Edge Double Bill, along with his co-host Adam, who we'll be hearing from in just a bit. Subscribe to their Patreon, patreon.com slash double edge double bill. D-E-D-B-Pod.com. Uh, not the Who's Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Park Chan Wook, decision to leave. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhest. He spelled that wrong. E-E-A-A-O. That doesn't count then. S-S- it does not count. Wrong. The vote. The vote doesn't count. <laughs> SS Rajamuli, RRR, Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans, Phil Tippett for Mad God. I mentioned that this earlier. This is who you're trying to yeah. think about. Uh, think of. Um, yeah. So, uh, my hot take on this list. Good list. Uh, oh, great list. We have some crossover here. Uh, although we didn't bring up Park Chan Wook or Phil Tippett. Uh, what do you think of Mad God? Have you seen it? I have seen it. Uh, that's one of those movies I'm glad I saw in a theater 
because if I saw it at home, I wouldn't focus as much, and um, I had a great experience seeing it on a big screen, and uh, that's as much as I'll say. I like it. It's weird. I like that it gets nominations and things, like the Talk Film Society Awards. It got a nomination for Best Animated Film. Um, but I know people out there love it more than I do, and I'm not going to fault them for it. Uh, it's good. It's good. I recommend it. Next, Sam shot first. Sam Van Aaron, friend of the site, <laughs> uh, host of, of uh, Can You Believe It? Can we Keanu say? Reeves. How about this? Can we say everybody who replied in the Discord is a friend of the site? Oh, well, they're definitely friends of the Discord. Okay, so that's two di- two different things. So it's friends of the Discord and friends of the site. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sam shot first. He says. Uh, Peel, referring to Jordan Peel, who directed Nope, he says Quan and Scheinert. He got the name correct. That counts. uh, Everywhere, everything. Spielberg, Stevie Boy. Uh, Reeves, Matt Reeves, director of Batman. Oh, oh, Matt Reeves. Yes, that makes more sense. And Del Toro and Gustafsson for, I assume, Pinocchio. Pinocchio, Pinocchio, which you haven't seen yet, have you? I have not seen Pinocchio. How about this? Uh, I make a promise to watch Turning Red by next episode, and you make a promise to watch Pinocchio by next episode. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any investment in Turning Red. <laughs> Me? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Pinocchio anyway. Um, just see Pinocchio. We'll see if I can make it happen by next episode. Okay. I'm not promising. Or, or just by the Oscars. Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, Marcus, oh, maybe I should save this for the end of the show. But yeah, I'll save it for the end of the show. Right, let's let's keep going with this this thing. <laughs> friend of the Discord, B six four two one. Good friend, Rajamuli, RRR, Eggers, The Northman, Daniels, yeah. Everything Everywhere, Peel, Nope, Corey Ada for Broker. I'm not sure what Broker is. I um, saw Broker a few broker, weeks ago. Broker, I heard the knower. Good joke. Uh, broker from the same director as looking it up, looking it up. Oh, shoplifters. Uh, 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 a, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that director. I know what that is. Uh, Song Kang Ho stars in Broker. A pretty, I mean, pretty good movie. Uh, it, it it did not make the Oscar race because I think I don't, I, I I forget what was uh in place instead of this for the country. Um, anyway. Very good movie. Seek it out. Not Oscar nominated, but who cares? It's a good movie regardless. Yep. That's Broker, baby. Um, the, uh, yeah, uh, B6421. They also bring up... Uh, they also mention Ty West, too. I mean, speaking of the year of horror, uh, Ty West had that great comeback where he put out two uh, films in a trilogy just kind of out of nowhere. Nobody knew they were being made or anything. And uh, look, they're both pretty good. You could say it was the year of Ty West. And they were decent uh, f- um, theater hits, which is like another surprise. Like yeah. that's that's cool. Yeah. It's cool what he did. Uh, Nick S. Chandler, uh, they they second not the Who's Tommy's list. So that's two votes for all of those people, except <laughs> for the one uh, for Everything Everywhere, which does not count. Does not count. Uh, Jay McMillan, Romaine Gavras for Athena, Ooh. Todd Field for Tar. Damien Chazelle for Babylon, the Daniel Brothers for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Gina Prince Gina Prince Bythewood for The Woman King. Ooh, have you seen? It's on Netflix now. I was gonna say, I, I, hey, I resubscribed to Netflix. 
uh, today to watch a movie, which we'll talk about next week. And I saw the Woman King was on there, which I I, I need to yeah. see, I need to see that movie again. Um, we didn't we didn't see it that it was there until uh, pretty late last night. Otherwise, I probably would have watched it by now. But yeah, uh, it's cool. That I, I I will watch it soon. Yeah, uh, the, maybe the biggest flub the Oscars uh, had this year was not nominating the Woman King for anything. Uh, I that think. was a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah big surprise. Uh, good movie should be in there at least above. All quiet on the Western Front, if you ask me. Who's next? Uh, ben Miller, Ollie. They don't give any films, so I don't. I don't know who some of these people are. Ollie Hop, Hopasolo. Oh, of course. Uh, that's the dir- That's the director of. Director of. Um, girl, girl picture. Of course, uh, the Daniel Brothers, uh, McDonough, Martin McDonough, Justin Kurzel. Oh, of course. Park Chan Wook. Justin Kurzel. Justin Kurzel. The director of uh, Nitrum. Nitrum. All right. Yeah. Manish Matur, friend of the site. <laughs> no, wait. Okay. Yes, I did Google those two names as I heard them, uh, as I read them on the Discord just now. Ben Miller, you got one over on us yet again, because I remember him getting over on us uh, on past episodes, naming things yeah. we had not heard of. Ben Miller. He's been throwing Nitrum in there a couple times. Yeah, uh, this is maybe the, the fourth time a Nitrum has come up from Ben Miller. <clears throat> uh, I still have no clue what it is, but I'm eager to find out eventually. So, yeah, let's continue. Friend of the site, Manish Matur, host of Queer and Now, host of It Pod to Be You. Got it right. Oh, God, you got it. God, uh, Todd Field for Tar. Yes. Eggers, Chazelle, Spielberg, Peel. Our first vote for Todd Field. Uh, no, uh, Jay McMillan voted for Todd Field earlier. You're correct. <laughs> Our second vote for Todd Field. Um, deservedly, I, I almost put Todd Field in my top five, and I chose to go again. I went with uh, Bay and Chazelle over Todd Field, although Todd Field directed the hell of Tar. Uh, I think we can all agree, Tar amazing movie he, he's a fascinating director right? he's made like three movies over yeah. the last like 30 years or something and he had like a career as a bit player in movies he's a he's a really interesting guy yeah uh, hey, uh, somebody, just, hey we're gonna get another vote for mr field in a, in a second now aren't we interesting jessica scott she says uh jordan peele for nope steven spielberg for the fablemans Todd Field for Tar. There we go. The Daniel Brothers for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Goran Stalevsky. You won't be alone. I I regret not finishing this movie. I started it, I rented it, and then I started it, and I wasn't in the best headspace. And I let the rental elapse, and I did not finish the movie. We had this discussion on and off mic about You Won't Be Alone. And I agree yeah. with you, Marcus. You should have finished it. Would have been interesting to I hear wish your I take on it. Uh, I, 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 I did enjo- end up enjoying it, and I, I'm glad somebody is talking about it and not sleeping through it. I didn't sleep through <laughs> it. I, I, I turned it off because I was not in a great mood. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, Noah Thompson, Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans, Boz Lerman, Elvis, Jordan Peele for Nope, S.S. Rajamuli for RRR. Park Chan-wook, Decision to Leave. Ooh, Decision. Getting a lot of votes for Park Chan-wook. Yeah. It's it's a great movie. Decision to Leave. Uh, I mean, Marcus had that to your list. Atom or Adam, friend of the site, co-host of Double Edge, Double Bill, along with Thomas Mariana right there. Uh, 
Robert Eggers, The Northman, Luca Guadagnino for uh, Bones and All, Jordan Peele for Nope, George Miller, 3,000 Years of Longing. Hey, first mention of Mr. Miller. And Luca Guadagnino. That's right. Cool Jima, Robert Eggers for The Northman, Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick, and Henry Selleck for Wendell and Wild. Um, it feels weird for me to say Joseph Kaczynski di- directed Top Gun Maverick because we all know that nine people directed Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> well, <laughs> including Tom Cruise himself. Yeah, that's that's the scuttlebutt around Kaczynski and his nomination at the Director's Guild Awards. But come on, the man made Tron Legacy... Uh, the man made the Oblivion. Uh, he's uh, and sure he he, he may, you know Maverick may have been ghost directed by you know McQuarrie and Tom Cruise and Jerry Bruckheimer, but come on, I think I think Kaczynski deserves the praise he's getting. So that's my take for sure. Yeah, that's my take. fantastic film. Yeah, uh, Brendan. Uh, Brendan says Guillermo del Toro for Pinocchio, the Daniel Brothers for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Spielberg for The Fablemans, S.S. Rajamuli for RRR, and Jordan Peele for Nope. And that wraps up uh, our Discord segment. Um, Topfilmsociety.com slash Discord if you want to get in on the hot conversation. Uh, and uh, uh, wrap up one final thread from today. Team USA. They've won. Oh. They beat Japan. They beat Team Japan in the She Believes Cup 1-0. She believes more like we believe. In the USA women's soccer team. USA. 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 Sponsored by Visa. All right, Marcus, what a great episode. Uh, This was jam-packed with surprises, with uh, serious talk, with playful talk. We opened up about ourselves. uh, Revelations and teases. Uh, for the next episode, uh, all lined up. I mean, I can I mean, next week's episode is going to be explosive. Uh, we're going to be at each other's throats for ninety minutes, talking <laughs> the best films of twenty twenty two, the best pictures, you could say. I can't wait. I can't wait. We're going to really get into it. We're, we're going to really re- break it we're down. We're going to break it down, baby. And then the episode after break, that, break each other down. <laughs> I'm going to tear you apart, limb by limb. Uh, that's, that's the next episode, and then two weeks from now, it's the Talk Film Society Awards presentation. I have yet to figure out what to do for that. I mean, maybe it'll just be an hour of us reading the winners. Uh, but you can vote for the winners at talkfilmsociety.com slash Awards, the 10th annual Talk Film Society Awards. Vote for them. And that's it. It's better than the Oscars. Marcus, this is it. Final words before we say goodbye, listeners. We'll see Was, you next Wasn't week. there something you wanted to like do to me before it ended? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh okay. No, this is more off mic. But like, okay. Okay. No, wait, 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 All right. Wait, let's wait, wrap no, it up. No, 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 no. no. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, okay. It'll be okay. more off mic, but I'll, I'll say it now because it's, uh, it's worth saying. Marcus, I want to put some money down on this. <laughs> okay. I want to. I want to bet money. On us picking uh, the Oscar winners. All right, I want I want to get a pool going. I want to make, make this as okay. as illegal as possible. All right. Listen, <laughs> if we're gonna do that, I I would like to opt to change some picks. Oh, okay, yeah. So, 
Next week we'll we'll talk about that more in depth. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, next next week we'll have our final picks, uh, but, but before the Oscars. So that's another final tease. picks to click. Because <laughs> I have I have I have I have somebody else in my life who also wants to get in on this action. You know, because I'm saying perhaps with, uh, perhaps joining the Discord might get you on the action. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I I, I don't know, but. Um, I, I, I did mistakenly say I, I've won other Oscar pools, and this person is like, "We'll see about that, bitch." So <laughs> I'm interested how I, I'm interested in how I'm going to do this year in terms of pools and predictions. So we'll find out soon enough. We'll talk about that next week. Our final picks, uh, but that's it. Marcus, a joy as always. Um, oh yeah, Southland Tales podcast coming Fun back stuff. soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Southland Tales, have a nice apocalypse. Uh, we will be coming back soon with an explosive episode. Explosive. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Well, Watch your pants, folks. It's going <laughs> to... All right. Marcus, thank you. Listeners, uh, you're welcome. And as always, hey, <laughs> i see you at the movies. Hey. No, I never say that. All right, bye. Thank you.